Memory Master Champion Lewis Angel right here with AE Mind. I just started watching this series on HBO. Uh, I just subscribed to HBO Go, so I'm going through and watching these uh, different uh, documentaries. This one is called The Alzheimer's Project. Now, I, I really do enjoy it so far. Uh, the first episode was about these individuals that are going through their early stages, some already in the late stages, but most of these are in the early stages of dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, so I'll go ahead and talk about that in today's episode. And in future episodes, we'll go and dive deeper into the series and what they're looking into as far as treatments and you know, what is Alzheimer's and what causes this. All right, so on this first episode of the Alzheimer's Project on HBO, they really were focusing on uh, individuals that have Alzheimer's and they were following them along their daily lives. Some of these individuals were about to get diagnosed with having dementia and Alzheimer's and others, they were unfortunately towards the end of their lifespan um, and and they were already maybe a week or two away from, uh, from passing away because of this disease. So it's a very fascinating episode. Now, the main reason, aside from, yes, I am a memory coach, I'm a memory trainer, and I just love learning about memory and, you know, how we can tap into our full mind's potential so that we can essentially later on not be going down this path of having dementia and, and how to help us prevent us or give us the best shot at preventing, preventing us from having dementia and Alzheimer's. So apart from that, for me personally, my mom, she works for an Alzheimer's uh, nursing home. She is a nurse at an Alzheimer's facility. And it's just, I've seen her work directly with patients when, when she used to work in actual homes and she used to work one-on-one. -on -one. Now she works for an, a huge organization. But before she used to work one-on-one -on -one with patients and she used to have them for years on end. And it, it was just, for me, uh, seeing the interaction that these individuals had, um, the seniors, senior citizens had with even their closest family members from their kids, daughters, sons, nephews, grandkids, and they wouldn't even recognize who they were. That It was just really sad for me to, to see that. And my mom, she's still in the field right now, um, but for her to experience this and see them going through the cycle of early diagnosis of having the, the disease to later on, three, four, five years later, passing away because uh, Alzheimer's had just really deteriorated their brain cells. That was, uh, you know, she lives it every day. So for me, it, this documentary hits really close to home for me. So let's go through some of these stories. The first story that they highlighted was one of uh, Bessie, who's 87 years old, and they were asking her several questions. She just couldn't remember all that well um, the answers to those questions, such as who was the president in the 90s, just Bill Clinton. She couldn't remember that. They showed her a physical calculator and they said, what is this? And she literally was stumped at what it was. They gave her a test of words. You know, I mean, this I compete in memory competition. So for me. I know the tricks and techniques on how to be able to memorize a list of words in a very quick manner. Um, but even that, they were saying these words pretty rapidly, which I think even for the average individual, 
it would have been hard to remember three or four of them. Um, but she was having a hard time even remembering one of these words. So it, it shows you how quickly this disease can just penetrate into your cells and, and deteriorate the, the brain cells. Um, one of the co- quotes from the doctor was that people forget that they're forgetful. That to me is something that I never want to experience and I, and I never want any of my family members to experience. Another uh, story that they highlighted was a Fanny who was 82 years old from Missouri and her biggest thing was driving. She felt that if they removed that ability from her, that she was not going to be independent anymore. She was going to have to depend on other people such as her daughter or friends or family members. And she didn't want that. She wanted the freedom of being able to drive. So they took her to get the exam, the driving test done, and she just failed. She she didn't even know what the R stood for. Um, and, you know, obviously it's to reverse, but she she was having a hard time even deciphering what the R stood for on the dashboard. But then they had her go off and drive and they were telling her to make a right here, make a left here. And she didn't even know. She would pass the intersection and be like, oh, am I supposed to make a right now? But even though she was supposed to make it a few, you know, a block down and just to see her go through that, it just really hurts my heart because you are. You're going to be losing that independence. You're going to be losing the ability to do things that you otherwise would have been able to do with ease. There's a gentleman named Joe who's 63 years old from Oceanside, California. He had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's just two years prior to this documentary. And for him, he just loved writing on a blog because he felt that this was the way that he could remember what is happening in his life. And also, he wanted to leave these as notes for for his family members later on to to look back at because he he knows that the end is near and he's thought about committing suicide because he feels that it's getting worse and worse he would be out at the park with his grandkids and his granddaughter would have to hold his hand to walk him around because he would just start getting lost out of nowhere he would forget where he was with his own granddaughter um and he he says that he felt like slices slices of him were being taken off Every single day. He didn't like that at all. There's another lady at a nursing home in Maryland, Yolanda. She's 75 years old, was diagnosed six years prior to this documentary. And for her, she was looking at herself in the mirror, talking to herself. But she thought that the lady on the mirror was somebody else. And she was getting upset with her own reflection because she would make plans with the reflection. Like, meet me for breakfast you know, down the hall. And then the lady would never show up. And that was her that she was talking to, but she was just not aware of it. It's very, very sad when, when her son Robert came to visit and she couldn't even, she didn't even know who he was. She's like, no, you're not my son. My son, no, you, you can't be your son. And then he was like, yes, I'm, I'm your son. And I've seen that happen. Me personally, I've seen that happen in real life. So that, that was really touching. There was one gentleman, Woody, he's 81 years old from Michigan, and he's had the disease for 14 years, so he's already at the latter stages of this. Um, but for him, he was a singer. He loved singing. He was in choirs, and he, he just, that was his joy. And even while they were following him around in the nursing home, he would be whistling 
all the time. He would just be whistling random songs. Um, but his short-term memory, is it's absolutely gone. He cannot recollect any further than a few minutes from the moment where he's trying to remember something. His family came and, and they took him off to uh, for him to perform. And they kept telling him where they were taking him. Oh, you're going to go and sing. You're going to go and sing. And every minute or two, he'd be like, where are we going again? Oh, what are we doing? Now, from an outsider looking in, it might seem like they're just playing a trick on you. Like they don't, they're not really serious about this. That's what it would seem like. Like I don't, how are they forgetting so quickly? But it does happen. Their their neurons are just not firing off the same way that your neurons or my neurons fire off anymore. They have deteriorated because of the disease. They literally shrivel up in your brain and you cannot build new connections anymore. You need those neurons to fire off in a certain way for you to build these new connections. But because the disease just breaks down these cells, it, it just cannot build these, these memories anymore. However, for many patients with Alzheimer's and dementia, if they've had a certain skill set for a while, they can still access that part of their brain and perform that certain skill or think of that certain memory. I remember a patient, I'll, I'll finish off here shortly with, uh, with Woody, but um, just quick side, side story. I remember one of my mom's patients, um, he would constantly um, tell the tales of when he used to play college football and he knew his number, he knew a position, he knew all the touchdowns and you know, he knew every single play that he had. And that's because that he loved that. He loved that, he loved sports, he loved playing. So that was just something that he, it, it was so ingrained in his memory that that was not gonna go away. However, he didn't remember his own daughter anymore. His daughter would come and visit and he didn't know who she was. At times he would know that she was of some importance because he would ask her like, oh, don't I know you from somewhere? You look familiar to me. But he would just not remember. Even my mom, he would constantly call my mom a different name every single day that she was with him. Oh, where's Rebecca? No, I want Rebecca. Rebecca was nice to me. But, you know, he was talking about my mom, but he just did not remember that that was her at times. And other times he he didn't know her name, but he he felt a sense of connectedness with her um, because of the familiarity, maybe at an unconscious level, even if he wasn't consciously aware of who she was, he wasn't as mean to my mom as he was maybe. And it wasn't because he intentionally wanted to. It was more he was afraid of other nurses that would try to help him. Um, so he would, he would just not be the most polite with other nurses. Whereas my mom, he was very polite, even though he did not consciously know who she was many times. Now, going back to this for, for Woody, um, they took him up there to go sing at this event and he was just singing. He knew every single word to the songs. Um, and that was pretty remarkable to see. But right afterwards, when they took him back to the nursing home, you know, he knew that he had done something. He felt that he had done something, but he didn't remember exactly what he had done. He was just like, oh, this was a great day, wasn't it? This was an amazing day, wasn't it? But they kept telling him, oh, what did we do today? And they had to remind him what he did. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, this was a great day. They followed another lady, uh, Josephine, 77 years old. She was diagnosed five years prior. Um, she just loved to paint, and she painted on rocks. Uh, her daughter, though, for her, she felt like she was taking care of a child. The daughter never had kids, but she kind of felt like like her mom was now her child. 
Um, there was a scene where they were walking down and, and the daughter was trying to show her some rocks, some nice rocks that um, her mom used to always paint, these beautiful murals on rocks and, and canvases. So she showed her this rock and then the mom just put it in her mouth trying to chew it. Um, so the daughter had to like pry it out of her. And, and then she started crying because she's like, oh, I should have known. I should have known she was going to do this. She always does things like this. Um, it gets to the point even where the mom calls the daughter her mom. And, and it's just an unfortunate thing that, that this does to the brain. Cliff, 79 years old from Alabama. He was diagnosed six years prior. And this was one of those uh, really sad, sad moments to, um, to taper off this documentary episode. Because it was just in a turn of four weeks from when they started filming this part. He was still talking. He was still... Um, he had some memory. He was a magician, so he had some uh, memories in there as to what he used to do because there were times where he would say, oh, yeah, I have a show to do later on tonight. It's at around 6, 6.30, so make sure that everything is set for the show that I'm going to be performing, even though like he couldn't walk anymore, he couldn't move anymore that well. Um, he could still eat. They were feeding him. His wife was. Um, but even she knew. She knew that it was going to get to the point where um, – any day, any day from that moment on, he wasn't going to be able to uh, function that well anymore. The doctors were giving him pills and they were not necessarily to to cure him, but more to prolong the inevitable. And she knew that she knew what was about to happen. And sure enough, within just four weeks later, he was on a respirator and he, he passed shortly after. But. His memories, his brain was fighting to survive. And that's what, for me, I, I'm doing everything that I personally can to prevent that from happening to me, whether it's working out or eating the right foods. And that's what I want to give to you guys. I want to give to all my listeners that ability, that choice. We all have that choice right now to, uh, I'm not saying to completely prevent you from having these these brain diseases, but at least to to bring down the the probabilities of getting that if you are more prone to it because of you know maybe certain childhood diets that you had that you didn't have a choice in in that regard or even if it does come down to it being something that our parents can pass down to us if they've had it um then what i want to do is help you to to give you enough knowledge of enough information for you to make the right choices, to bring down the, the possibilities of getting dementia later on down the road. And that's what I do. I train. I eat right or I try to eat right. I mean, diets are up in the air. Should you eat fruits and vegetables? Should you eat meat all day? Should you go on a vegetarian diet? Should you, you know, remove sugar from your All There's all these different ideas. So I'm trying to find the best resources. And that's where we're on. We're on this journey together to, to help improve not only our memory, but our, but our ability to think, to focus, to to strengthen our brain, really to strengthen our brain power and build these shields to protect our neurons so they can function past our 30s, past our 40s, our 50s, our 60s, our 70s, our 80s. And so that we can know who our family, because that's what life is about, right? Life is about building memories with the people around you, with your loved ones, and for you to be able to remember those memories that you built throughout your life. 
And so I'm really fascinated by this documentary, The Alzheimer's Project on HBO. So I'm going to keep watching and I'll come back as I finish off these episodes and we'll do another recap of each one of them. So it's a few more episodes left and I'll be back here. So if you like this, if you enjoy this, let me know. Leave me a review here. Go on my Facebook. I have a free Facebook group. You can find it at Smarter Brain Better Memory Facebook group. Uh, or you can go to my website, aemind.com, and subscribe there uh, to the Facebook group. It, you can go on there for free. Ask me any memory improvement questions that you want. Um, also, get the free guide at aemind.com. Better memory guide. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll check you out on the next one. Stay up. Keep learning. Keep growing. Louis Angel with AE Mind Accelerated Empowered Mind signing off. Peace out.